Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt and Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. The H2O Podcast is now available on iHeartRadio. Hi, folks, and welcome to the H2O Podcast. I'm Timothy Harvey, and off camera, across the room, getting the coffee, is Mr. Jason Hunt. And if you heard that, um, it sounded more like he was being squeezed than actually saying the word hello, so I'm not sure what that noise was. Um, but oddly enough, even though there is an empty chair here, it is dog free currently. Uh, and, uh, what do you think? You think they know they're talking, being talked about? It is National Dog Day. Is it? It is. I have a cat, so I'm not concerned about National Dog. That's not true. I love dogs. Uh, I, I have many friends. I had a dog when I was a kid and, and many friends who have wonderful dogs. Um, I better I, say they're wonderful. Or I'll cross send them over there. Camera. Well, like saying they weren't wonderful would stop them from coming over here. We've how many how many shows? For those of you who listen to the show, um, you know you can't see the dogs who will occasionally leap up and and pile into a lap, but they do that. That's okay. Hello, everyone. Oh yes, Jason's here. There I am, sipping coffee. So a million years ago. Uh, Jason and I both made episodes for a web series called Cliffhanger Falls, which was a, a parody of soap operas. And the idea was is that a new production team would make every new episode of the show, and it would be this sort of, uh, hopefully turn into a thing that had contributors from all over the country, maybe all over the world. And I produced the first episode, and I directed the second one. And I did the third one. Right. Yeah. And uh, our friend... Uh, oh God! Our <laughs> friend Jason Nivens, um, Jason Nivens, fantastic actor, a really good guy, um, and he played a sleazeball lawyer. I mean, just you know the the epitome of the slimy corporate evil lawyer type, mm. with an eye patch and this terrible wig, and yes. it was just awesome. And in and this was not in the script. Uh, the, the, the script was basically, you know, he sips his coffee and Jason raises the coffee cup to his lips and does this. <coughs> and just keeps going. I just keep going. Just I can't keep do it. Going. <laughs> and that became, that became a bit for the character. Because oh, yeah. we ended up doing it in ours because Dan Handley, who is our who's one of our contributors here, mm-hmm. he ended up playing that character. Because part of part of the thing, not only not only is it each episode produced by a different crew. It's a different cast. But it's a different cast. And all so, playing the same characters. Yeah, playing the same characters. So you have casted. recognizable physical attributes. Right. So you could tell who's playing which character all the way through, mm-hmm. and Dan was playing the lawyer, the lawyer with the bad wig and the eye patch, and he did. And we we got him to do that as well. Yeah, and he, and Peter, he did fairly long on his. To, yeah, to Peter get it done, Peter so. Leonidas played 
that role in my version and did the same thing. And it's just, it was so funny. And it was completely unplanned. I mean, it was just one of those things where just Niven sat there and went, I'm just going to go with this. And the cast, I mean, the cast and crew just started losing it toward the end. I mean. Well, and and we never went past the third episode. No. Mine, I, mine was the last one, and it never went anywhere after that. Yeah, and unfortunately, this is one of the things you run into with with online productions like this, is that unless you're doing it with a group of friends where you're, it's all your, you know, we, well, we saw this with, with the Star Trek fan films for mm-hmm. a while it was it was the labor of love they were all putting their money into it and that sort of thing and and you know you're going to lose money right. i mean none of us made any money on this thing um well we didn't expect it we didn't expect it to <laughs> so this. some people do uh but it was it was also the kind of thing where you have to continue to spend money especially if you want something to have legs and go on for a while yeah for something like this you need to actually produce several episodes before you put stuff in out in the world the business model really is you have to have stuff in the can mm. because otherwise you're chasing your deadlines. And you see this a lot with a lot of fiction podcasts uh, these days where folks will <clears throat> suddenly have to take like super long breaks and leave the fans going, but you left us on a cliffhanger and the last episode was a year and a half ago. And it's like, no, we swear to God, there's going to be more episodes. We're yeah. just, it just takes a while, you know. No, really. None really. of us are getting paid for this and so we're trying to make our schedules work. I remember... Waiting for uh, one one episode of James Cawley's Star Trek mm. when it was still Phase Two. Right. Yeah. Uh, it became uh, New Frontier, but mm. it was Star Trek Phase Two at the beginning because he had pulled that title from the series that Paramount was going to do. Right. That ended up becoming Star Trek: The Motion Picture, mm-hmm. and. For those of you who were not around back then, um, as early as 1976, 77, 78, in that area, Paramount had this idea of creating another television network. and Which would eventually they, become UPN. Eventually did it, yeah. And, and Voyager became the flagship show. And it became this thing where there was a lot of syndicated programming and all of that. But but Star Trek Phase 2 was going to be the flagship program of this new Paramount network. And back then, you didn't have uh, Fox. Right. Uh, Fox Television Network was not around yet. You had ABC, CBS, NBC. And if the weather was good, PBS. PBS. And then you had a bunch of indie stations. Uh, for us in Dallas, we had Channel 21, we had Channel 27, we had Channel 33, we had Channel 39, Channel 11, and then Channel 13 was our PBS station. 39 on Saturday would run all Westerns on Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then Star Trek bounced around between time slots on Channel 39, and then Next Generation came on on Channel 21. And this was a new thing, is first-run syndication. Right. Syndication up until that point was just for reruns. Mm-hmm. And the goal was hit your 100-episode mark. Uh, yeah, I think it is think it, it, It's still 100, by the way, for those of you who are... <clears throat> well, no, because Star Trek hit 79. 
the original show only yeah, had but Star Trek episodes. was a kind I, of a I want to say that the threshold case. wasn't a hundred. Uh, I I want to say that seventy five was. It the, may very well be. It seems like a hundred. I know that. Place. I I I could have that. I know that a lot of times uh, uh, shows are hoping to hit the hundred episode mark now because yeah. that's really kind of where it is for syndication anymore. Um, oddly enough, the TV show The One Hundred going out in its one hundredth episode, uh-huh. uh huh, which is you know not not too bad. We are going through. Stargate SG One now, mm-hmm. binge watching that. I'm I'm um, acclimating Mindy to to the show, and we just passed Wormhole Extreme that episode. Oh my! And I cannot wait until we get to episode two hundred because of all of the stuff. That happened in episode two hundred, uh, because and that's where we haven't gotten gotten there yet because Ben Browder hasn't gotten onto the show. Right yet. now, the problem is is that once you get once you get into the Ben Browder years, then you have to make your watch Farscape. Yeah, well, it's on the list. <clears throat> it's on the list because My otherwise she's just gonna be she's gonna get to like she's, yeah. There's going to become this point where it's like, there's a whole lot of in-jokes happening in this show about a show that's not on the air anymore. So we probably we probably are going to have to break and do Stargate up until X point, mm-hmm. then do Farscape, and then come back to Stargate. Maybe. I, I will, we may have to, I don't know. Yeah, because if, if you don't, if you don't, I mean, Ben and Claudia's chemistry, even not playing... Yeah. John and Aaron, but all of the winks so to that good. show, oh, all yeah. of the winks to that show, you didn't have to. I mean, for all the for all the fact that that it definitely changes the tone of the show, um, it just it kills me, it kills me inside. I die a little more each day <laughs> with, when we don't get the long hoped for, long planned, mm-hmm. long developed, Still long discussed. Talked about. By the people who actually care about the show, who produce the show, the mm-hmm. cast and crew of the show, still talk about doing it, is we have never gotten the Farscape revival. Now, for those of you who have never watched Farscape, this, in many ways, Farscape was the precursor to a lot of what we're getting from genre, genre science fiction yeah, shows now. We, we should probably do an episode on Farscape. Oh, yeah. At um, some point. The only, the only thing I will warn you about, for those of you who are... are unfamiliar with Farscape is that it is well it's about the closest we're running we make might ever get to a Blake 7 TV show <laughs> because it is it is got there's a lot, there's some, some spiritual successor yeah uh, aspects to yep. that but it's a it's a wonderful show it's wildly innovative it, like every show it's got some off episodes most yeah. of them in the first season well and that's that's pretty <clears throat> typical of new shows first season you get your legs under you you try to figure out who your cast is? If you what can make it, well, episode one is really good. Episode two is not. Mm. <clears throat> it, episode two is is adequate. It it serves a purpose. It serves a purpose, but beyond that, and as the show goes along, it becomes radically inventive and and plays with stuff that nobody in science fiction was doing at the time yep. on television, um, and with production values that. Some feature films weren't pulling off. Well, and the Henson Studios. Henson. Yeah. Uh, speaking of 
dying a little bit inside on things what we're not going to get anymore. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, tonight's topic, you'll notice I'm drinking my coffee out of a Spider-Man mug. Uh, we are going to talk about the death of the Spider-Man deal. The battle over the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. Menace or... <laughs> it, okay, so uh, a little background. Mm. And, and in my in my efforts to be prepared tonight... Uh-oh, you wrote I, notes. I fired up the Kindle. Okay. Do Kindles need updates? Probably. Because this Kindle is moving slower than my trick knee. And as uh, as all of this technology stuff annoying. tends to be, it, it you know my my laptop just went through you know update updated the version of Windows ten and then went well, to immediately the, it, that an hour and a half later something went we've got a new update for you and yeah went, well okay. and we're stuck with the two shot tonight again because my single camera is not working <laughs> again we got the bump shot though. It was well. a very nice bump shot. <laughs> uh, you know, it's you know that's that's something that I've been waiting for for I don't know a number of weeks now because the camera has been plugged in and now suddenly the software is oh hey there's a camera here. <laughs> All right, so last Tuesday, uh, let me find let me see because the Kindle has been moving really 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 slow. Because I've been trying to pull up all of these articles and try to get some sort of a timeline on what happened. So on Tuesday of last week, August 20th, word came out that Disney and Sony had walked away from the shared Spider-Man deal. And the early word was Disney wanted a bigger cut of the opening weekend box office, Sony said no and took their marbles and went home. 50%, I believe, was the number that was being thrown That around. was the number that was being bandied about that Disney wanted in the box office, which was an increase from the 5% that they were getting. A little bit. As reported, as, as, as we were hearing. Right. We'll say it that way. And, and, and most of the reporting at this was basically saying, this is what we're hearing. There were yeah. people, people were not saying this is the definitive word. This is what you know our sources say and right. contacts we're, we're within. This and, and we're hearing, we're hearing this, this and so and so saying this and all this. It was all second and third hand mm-hmm. hearsay and rumor. Except it was pretty consistently across the board that there was something going on. Right. And then uh, the next day on the twenty first, uh, Heat Vision blog over at Hollywood Reporter. Uh, Boris Kitt. Boris Kitt was one of the first ones to to break the story, as as they are over there. Um, you know, it would be really nice if we got a scoop every now and again. Did you? Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Um, but the the story that that Boris uh, put out clarifies a little bit on things. So, Sony Chief uh, Tom Rothman mm-hmm. and um, I guess Alan Horn at Disney 
are talking back and forth and back and forth. And as I understand it, the original deal was Marvel Studios would get to borrow Spider-Man and Sony would get to borrow Kevin Feige. Right. And the way the deal was structured, Spider-Man got to appear in Captain America Civil War. Mm-hmm. And that, to my as, my, as I'm reading it, that was the original piece that didn't include Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War, any of that. Right. The, the the as as I read it, the original deal was Spider-Man would show up in in Civil War, and then Kevin Feige would come over and help produce a Spider-Man movie for Sony. Well, then the deal got renegotiated because Spider-Man was such a hit, and Tom Holland did such a great job, and everybody just loved him. Right. And so they said, well, "We got to keep him. How do yeah. we keep him?" So they made the deal, and and um, from what I'm reading, the the deal ended up being. Disney has 10% of opening box office. So 10% of the gate. Mm-hmm. So, and they keep all the merchandising revenue. Right. And then it came out in this article on, the, on, on Wednesday that the arrangement they were looking for, Disney, was looking for about 30%. So not the 50% greed grab that everybody was banking it out to be. Right. But Sony was still being perceived and being painted as being the villain in the piece. It was Sony who had pulled away and Sony had done this and Sony and da 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 And then Tom Holland stopped following Sony on Instagram. And then Zendaya stopped following Sony on Instagram and... Jeremy Renner came out and said, hey, Sony, we'd really like to keep our Spider-Man. All of this stuff just blew up. Sony, 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 Sony. Sure. And Sony took to Twitter and said, hang on a second. Hold the bus. We were perfectly fine with a deal, but not the deal that Disney wanted. And they walked away. They said, this whole thing has been mischaracterized, which is a nice, polite, corporate way of saying everybody's lying through their teeth that that's not ha- how it happened. So they, they clarified and they said, you know, we're, we, have, we had this thing, we were talking and whatever, and Disney, Disney was the one that, that left the negotiation table. And then it gets really squicky because then TMZ gets into the fray on the 22nd which was we're now on Thursday right going into D23 which was the big Disney Expo where they're announcing right, yeah. all of these things right and we'll talk about that at some point too but TMZ has an article where they've interviewed Stan Lee's daughter, Joan, mm-hmm. also known as JC. And she empties both barrels on Disney and Marvel. Basically siding with Sony, basically saying Disney needs to have a few checks and balances 
Disney and Marvel treated my father the worst anyone has ever treated him. I mean, I unloaded. Um, and she says, according to this article, she says that Stan Lee would have been perfectly fine with the deal falling apart and Sony taking Spider-Man back. Here is a quote. She says, Marvel and Disney seeking total control of my father's creations must be checked and balanced by others who, while still seeking to profit, have genuine respect for Stan Lee and his legacy. So, to that, she's basically saying Disney and Marvel don't care jack about Stan Lee's legacy. They just want the money that comes from the characters. Mm -hmm. She says here, whether it's Sony or someone else, the continued evolution of Stan's characters and his legacy deserves multiple points of view. When my father died, no one from Marvel or Disney reached out to me. From day one, they have commoditized my father's work and never shown him or his legacy any respect or decency. Ouch. Pretty harsh words. Ouch. And then... I don't know if it's rubbing salt in the wound, but at D23, the the whole Marvel Legends ceremony, right. you know, Robert Downey Jr. is inducted into the Marvel Legends, Ming-Na Wen, who's going to be in The Mandalorian, we find out, and everybody's just blowing a gasket over that. Um, and then they announced Jack Kirby as a Disney legend. And... <laughs> How dare they? You know, every, all these people are reacting. You know, social media is all over the place. All these YouTubers out there going, Jack Kirby's not a Disney legend or anything. He never worked for Disney. Disney's just trying to glom on to, to Kirby's reputation, which I can, I can see that point of view. And to some extent, given how how mercenary Disney has proven to be. I can see a little bit of that being mm. true. But I can also see Terry Beatty, uh, who draws the the Phantom mm -hmm. newspaper strip. He's he he took to Facebook today and was like, you know, I see all these people blowing up about Kirby, you know, Disney glomming onto Kirby's reputation. He said Disney owns Marvel. Jack Kirby worked for Marvel. Mm-hmm. Disney saying that, you know, Disney Disney calling Jack Kirby a Disney legend acknowledges the scope of his work, the yeah. influence of his work. And from that perspective, I think it's, pro it's, it's nice to see these guys finally get the recognition that they deserve right. for creating all of this. Mm -hmm. Because Stan Lee wasn't the only one. You know, Stan Lee, it was Joe, you know, Jack Kirby, Joe Simon, Steve, Steve Ditko, uh, you know, those guys, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Walt Simonson, mm -hmm. uh, Louis Simonson, um, uh, Buscema. Yeah. Yeah, all of these guys. And you start kind of wondering now, does Disney really have everybody's best interest in mind here? Well, okay, but first of all, you have to bear it. You have to. You have to also bear in mind. It's not just Disney's job to have everyone's best interests. No, I and I know it's the a, house. It's, the it's house a of the mouse comes down to is, money. is a a juggernaut. Now, interestingly enough, you're talking about the they're presenting. You know, they rolled out their streaming service. How their streaming service is going to work? Mm. 
and it looks a lot like television. Yeah. <clears throat> it doesn't look like streaming. One one episode per week. And and I am on one level, I am perfectly fine with that, okay? The uh, we are the the whole streaming binge watching your shows, yeah. all shows dropping episodes dropping at once. This is relatively new, okay? Like within the last few years. Yeah, and it can get a little overwhelming. It can, and and but at, at the same time, I don't necessarily have a problem with waiting a, a week between. I mean, you know, I do, do we do the Walking Dead shows over on Zompocalypse Now. They come out once a week. Mm. You know, we're yeah. So, but at the same time, it's not the streaming model. And so there's this new streaming service coming out that doesn't look like everybody else's streaming service. Right. It looks like TV, which and, is fine. But And it's going to be available as an add-on to Hulu because Disney controls Hulu now, too. Right. But And, and also uh, the Disney streaming is not going to have any of the R-rated Disney material, mm. which is interesting um, because, you know, little things like Deadpool – Right. Deadpool well, they ha- they still have to figure that one out where that's going to live. Well, yeah, right. but it's you know the that's I mean that's obviously going to be on Hulu. Yeah, like, you're not going to have it on Disney, which is strange because you know I mean for there's 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 nothing inherently wrong with wanting your your streaming service to be up to PG thirteen or whatever. That's fine. I don't have an issue with that. We do that here. Yeah, but what I what I'm surprised by is that. While Disney certainly does not advertise that they are putting out R-rated material, it's not mm. part of the... They do. There's plenty of it. Um, uh, it's just not under the Disney brand. Right. Ready or Not, the new horror film, getting mm-hmm. a ton of great reviews, and, and you know, that's a Disney movie. And the folks over at Blade Disgusting say it's the best Disney film of, of the year. <laughs> They're like, Adventures, pet. <laughs> Ready or not is the best Disney film of the year. And I'm like, maybe I, I, I want to see well, it anyway. But. And I remember, when was it? Was it this late 80s, early 90s when they brought out Touchstone mm-hmm. Pictures? That was what Touchstone was for. Yeah. To do their more adult, quote unquote, quote well, unquote, adult you had, material. You had Touchstone. Mm-hmm. You had Hollywood Pictures. Right. You had Buena Vista. Mm-hmm. Well, Buena Vista was distribution. Mm-hmm. And... Hollywood Pictures and Touchstone Films were both studios. Who was Dimension? I think Dimension was their own thing. They may very well be. Because Disney there had... Are the, the, the studios and the distributors, this is where things kind of get confusing for a lot of audience people. Uh, uh, us included. Because there's so many of these things, and sometimes they're co-productions and... Yeah, you know. well, and it's a lot different now than it was 15, 20 years ago, even. Oh, yeah. Where... Um, and, and that's one of the reasons why there's confusion about the Hulk. Why, why do we not have, why do we not have another Hulk solo picture? Well, it's because Universal owns the distribution rights Mm -hmm. to the character in movie form. So, and the reason for that is because they put out the, the last movie, the one that had Edward Norton. Right. Well, and they did the other one too, the Eric Vanna one, but, um... Since they have those rights, right. they can exercise those rights again. If another movie got made, they'd have to be involved. And Marvel doesn't want to do that. So they right. want the rights to revert. Why to share the money can... when you don't have exactly. to share the money? And that's one of the reasons why it took so long for us to get the Fantastic Four. Or to get Star Trek under the same roof. 
Yeah, well, yeah, because that, yeah, well, that's something we'll probably have to talk about too—the mm-hmm. whole CBS Viacom thing. Now that you can actually find all your Star Trek play- stuff in one place, which has not been the case, which is right here. Yeah, <laughs> right behind us in this on this wall right here. And and for those of you, just a real quick aside on that, this is why you've had the movies and the television shows produced by different people. Mm-hmm. And not allow not and certain things having to change in terms of visually or things like that because they That's were. That's why actually... we got a different enterprise. Yeah, uh, Super JLK asking in the chat who owns Namor. Um, Universal. There, I ran across a chart at one point that had all of the yeah. things. Of course, it's it's dead now because of the Disney Fox deal. Universal has the rights to Namor, I believe. Um, he's one of the last remaining outstanding, we can't do anything with them yet mm-hmm. characters, I think. Um, I think the I problem, have that wrong, but I think Universal has Namor. I think the problem with using Namor right now is that, oddly enough, after years of Aquaman being the joke character, is that right now Namor would come out looking like a copy, a copy. Yeah. even though, and again, this is an issue that we run into with, with you know things like like John Carter. You know, source mm. material is the earliest, but it comes you know inspired all these other things comes yeah. out, and some people felt it was derivative because it was echoing well, it the looks source just material. Like Star Wars, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. No. yeah, but it's the same thing for you know Namor. Um, Although we are here, we did. I did hear run across a rumor last week that Marvel was talking to Henry Cavill and Dwayne Johnson, mm-hmm. and they were talking to Dwayne Johnson about Namor, according huh. to this rumor. Right. Um, Namor is kind of tricky because Namor is also tied up, I believe, in the Fantastic Four rights. Probably, yeah. Because that's where he first appeared. Mm-hmm. And so the way all of that works, and I was, I was trying to explain this to Mindy the other day. She was like, how does all of this work? Did you bring a flowchart? I did and... not bring a flowchart. But the way... Physicists to explain the quantum theory of how this all works. The way I understand <laughs> this, if a character... Any character that first appeared in a particular mm. title, so Namor, Galactus, Silver right. Surfer, Doctor Doom, they all first appeared in Fantastic Four. Mole Man, Puppet Master, the... Yeah. And so, because of that, any character associated with Fantastic Four falls under the Fantastic Four movie rights deal. X-Men being the same way. And that's one of the reasons why it was so tricky with Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Mm -hmm. Because they're not only mutants, members of the X-Men, but they've also been members of the Avengers. Right. So the way that they worked out the deal, because all of this had to get negotiated behind the scenes before they could put those characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's also why we saw two different versions of them, because we got them in the X-Men movies, and we got them in the Avengers, in, in Marvel and Interestingly movies. enough, there are two characters that cross over between the two franchises that you could argue 
carry about its equal weight in each one as the other. Right. In terms of in terms of quote unquote screen time in the comic book. And the way the deal went, the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies could have Wanda and Quicksilver as Avengers mm -hmm. as long as you never mentioned mutants. Right. And Fox could have them as X-Men if you never mentioned their membership in the Avengers. Right. So it was one of these real fine lines of distinction. Mm -hmm. And that's why when they explain Wanda and Pietro's powers in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they had to make up some hand-wavium thing right. for how they got their powers. Now, interestingly enough, in the comic books... Their actual explanation of how their powers came to be has been rewritten about a dozen times. Oh, at I'm this sure. Point. I'm sure. Um, well, I, that's that's the way it is for everybody. Everybody gets a re a refurbished. Yeah, but those two, story. those two have had some. Well, Wanda, Wanda's had a rough time in the comics. <laughs> Wanda's had a very rough time in the comics. Not her, as rough as Sue Dibney. Her, well, no. Her, but, uh, well, that's over on the DC side that's of things. True. On the Marvel side of things, her and Carol Danvers in the comics have had a rough ride. Mm. And until, until, I mean, Carol Danvers is doing fine in the comics now, but in the 80s, when she was a member of the Avengers, uh -huh. um, uh, there, are, there are several creators of that time, from that time period, who have apologized repeatedly for the some of the stuff that showed up in the Avengers comic, and especially involving Carol Danvers. But... Um, uh, Wanda had a really rough period, which they will never adapt to film. Okay, I'm guaranteeing this storyline where basically her kids turned out to be fake, and she went oh. psychotic. And well, one of the many know, times she goes psychotic in the we're comics. Hearing, we're hearing that she could maybe possibly be the villain in Doctor Strange Two. She certainly could be, but I think. What if? God, I really. I, um, that's just, because, that's, because that's a boring use of the character at that point. Sorry, guys. WandaVision. Give it more time. If you look at the poster, WandaVision is set in the 50s. Mm -hmm. How they got there is anybody's guess at this point. But Wanda and the Vision are both in the 50s. It's going to be set in I Love Lucy time. Leave it to Beaver. It's it, the, That look is on the poster. It's okay. So that's, but that's know, the look in the posters. Are we, are, have we heard anything about, I mean, have we got anything set, else? Other yeah. Than that? Uh, the official description is set in the 50s. Because the, interestingly enough, the rather terrifying vision series that ran, what, a year ago? A couple years oh, ago? Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Where vision created a family for himself. Uh-huh is in many ways a sort of 1950s nuclear family yeah. gone horribly, horribly awry. Wrong. It's really good writing, and it's fantastic artwork, but it is a really disturbing series. What if WandaVision is a hallucination or... Some kind of created reality mm. that Wanda is using to cope with the loss of vision, and perhaps that directly or indirectly leads into House of M. 
the only Wanda issue I have with that the villain in the multiverse of madness. I yeah. mean, they've already put that in there, and we know that she's in it. So everybody is automatically jumping to the conclusion. Oh well, this is this is it. Wanda's going to go nuts, and she's going to start killing people. The only issue I would have with that, and I don't. It depends on the writing. Obviously, it could be if the writing is good. Yeah, uh, the talent. The, the the talent is there with the performers. We know that, but the so Legion which is an X-Men adjacent title, mm-hmm. uh, which does have Professor Xavier making an appearance. And, I and need to watch that second season. David Waller is the uh, is uh, Legion, who's Professor X's son. Okay. And um, it's a hard show to watch, especially this the second season and this season, because they really just, I mean, our, our hero is broken. Yeah. And, and consequently, he's doing a lot of bad things to people for broken people reasons and it's really well done and it's visually fascinating show my only concern is that having wanda basically you know for all the fact that it echoes some of the stuff in the comic it almost feels a little bit like let's try and make our version of legion it's a reality warper show maybe and 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 i'm that's that's completely unfair i'm not saying they're going that's what they're doing right Mm -hmm. but i'm saying i'm saying that that Going after some of these same arcs with Wanda, I'm not. Uh, the, uh, it, uh, there's something to be said. You don't have to treat her as awfully as you do in the comics and the movie universe. You certainly can. And, and honestly, if there's, she's an interesting character because her madness is not really malevolent. It's driven by grief, right? And so there's, there's, you could do this. And 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 maybe that maybe they found a way to say this is going to work so well, and maybe there everybody's you know Elizabeth Olsen is like this is oh I want to do this so bad, but I'm also a little concerned that um, you know sometimes that stuff has worked in the mm-hmm. comics. Some of the, some of that stuff has worked really really well. No more mutants. Yeah. Um, and then it you know the problem is sustaining it. I don't know it. Um. I'm curious to see where they go with it, but I'm also kind of like, eh. you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see, um, them give, uh, the next, um, you know, Captain Marvel movie dive into some of the, the crappier event, really poorly done Carol, you know, Carol getting pregnant by an alien, which grows into a full-grown man and blah, blah. I mean, they're all sorts of just terrible. You don't, some, some comic book storylines don't need to make it to the screen. Okay. <laughs> and some of Wanda's, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of magic in, in Wanda's character that, you know, has not shown up in the Avengers universe yet. Yeah. For Wanda anyway. JLK says at least Wanda doesn't have an incestuous relationship. Who had an incestuous relationship? Uh, actually, Wanda does in the Ultimate line. Sorry, she. Uh, yeah, but not six one six. No, in the Ultimate line, though, she and Quicksilver were a thing, and still siblings. Uh, which is, you know, again, Lannis- some Lannisters. Some storylines don't need to make it to add it. Don't need to be added. Uh, yes, Carol's Carol's son in in one of the nineteen eighties Avengers storylines. Um, and I believe I can't remember who the writer was apologized he said he didn't want to do it he was told he had to do it it's another editorial do the Uh, thing right um but he didn't fight it he just did his job and sat there and went oh i shouldn't have done that 
Yeah. Uh, and it was a it's a really squicky, icky storyline. And 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 not only that, it's a bad storyline. I mean, it's a dumb storyline. Character promptly disappears, never to be heard from again. <laughs> for good reason. Um, but yeah, no, I mean car- there's Marvel had a really bad track record of how they treated their female superheroes during the 80s and parts of the 90s. They did not, I mean, you know, the Wasp got eaten in the 2000s oh. by the Blob. Yeah. Uh, in the Ultimate Line. Ult- well, the Ultimate the ultimate well, Line. Well, the Ultimate Line didn't really day, have any rules that they had to follow. I well, mean, but at the end, the Ultimate Line was kind of like, oh, let's just. Well, they knew where they were going. Who on. could we traumatize today? Yeah. Um, one day we should sit there and talk about all the things the Ultimate Line did that comic book companies should just not do. Well, see, and that's that's one of the areas where I'm a little deficient because I never read any of the Ultimate stuff. Well, the thing, well, the, other, the, the I'm the, familiar kind of peripherally on some of mm-hmm. the things. You know, like Captain America becomes a president and. Reed Richards becomes evil villain type or yeah, something. Yeah, but, but. Richards, Reed Richards' villainy is at least interesting because it opens up a whole different set of stories you can tell. Um, I'm not saying they, they, did, they didn't always do it right, but at least it was an interesting idea. The, the, the movie Marvel Universe, the, cinema, the MCU, is heavily, extremely heavily influenced by the ultimate universe mm-hmm. jok says ultimate line got too weird spider-man was always good though uh that's miles morales no it was well it's both and peter Parker. it's part of because because up until the point because once peter dies spoiler alert for the ultimate comic line once peter dies uh and miles takes up the mantle mm-hmm. um of course there was a lot of backlash at the time and then people sat there and went oh wait this is really well written. Miles is an interesting character. And we still had Peter Parker over in 616. Right. So and, it wasn't and, like you'd completely wiped out the original Spider-Man. Right. But then when but this also led to a thing where you could have, you know, into the into the Spider-Verse yeah. with Miles as the lead. And people sat there and went, Can we have more of Miles, please? And considering that the wider, you know, the wider viewing audience has not read the ultimate line. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much of this stuff that the wider view. You're not going to get the incest ultimate line stuff yeah, in the MCU. Probably. Please, Marvel, well, don't put the <laughs> as as much as Game of Thrones or not. <laughs> yeah, as as much as Disney is starting to prove to be that corporate monster that some people are saying they are. Um, I don't think that they're going to quite go that far with anything under the Disney brand. Because the Disney brand, as as much as everybody still sees the House of Mouse taking over way too much, the Disney name still carries with it a certain reputation, a certain, certain, I don't want to say an aura, but that uh, there's an expectation. Mm-hmm. About a Disney film, right? Yeah, yeah. and um, now to put things in perspective, bear in mind that Disney has been here before, and they have fallen. I have a feeling they may again. Well, so okay, they're too big. Consider how how many how many MCU films have we had? Twenty three, and how many of them have done really well? 
All of them. Yeah, strictly, some, some stri- more than others. Strictly but- speaking, there's not a failure, box office dollar-wise, among them. Right. 22 films. That's- phase, four, phase four is going to present a challenge. Now, because... I, we, we say that, but at the same time, you know, those the Guardians of the Galaxy, this is where Disney blows. This is where Marvel ruins everything. This is where Marvel breaks it all. Well, that's true, but... So, don't rule out, don't rule out, you know. But at the same time, you gotta, you gotta stumble. I think, though, that, you know, as, as much as, and, and this is not, this is not where I want this conversation to go very much, but as much as you want to deny that identity politics is starting to play a factor in a lot of entertainment stuff with Marvel so far, it's been kept to a minimum and the marketing of Captain Marvel being the way it was. And there is an assumption, and I'm not saying that this is how it's going to be, but there is an assumption from certain quarters that this next phase, this phase four is going to be more of that. Because you've got, now you've got Ms. Marvel with Kamala Khan, She-Hulk, and a lot of people are reacting to She-Hulk not having any idea of the history of the character. Sure. That's, that's just, you know, oh, they're making, they're making Hulk a woman. We've no, wanted not. a She-Hulk movie for a long we time. We have desperately wanted a She-Hulk movie. A good, a good one. A good a one. good one. Yes. John Byrne. What if John Byrne was brought in as a writer on that show? Ah, uh, could be interesting. <laughs> No, wait, no, we've already shot this and edited. You can't go after him now. Wouldn't that be something? Um, but yeah, you, you know, Black Panther and and uh, Black Widow, there's there are there are opportunities for mistakes to be made. Shang-Chi, nobody knows who these people are. And there is a danger. Nobody in, the, saying, nobody in the wider viewing audience. Let's qualify that. Because again, this is the same world where people sat there and went, Iron Man is a second string hero. Well, that's true. Okay. Um, but there is a danger that they could swerve into making identity politics the driving force of the marketing campaign, and that will kill them. Well, That will be a shot to the head. Because Gillette lost $8 billion doing that swerving into that lane. And I don't think Marvel is that stupid. I really don't think that they're that stupid. But they didn't market John Carter very well. Well, but they can that, make mistakes. Yeah, but that, that was that fell that that fell on more in a a change of regime, which is something we see in studios happen That's all the true. time. And it, and honestly, you know, uh, the whole, again, not wanting to turn it into a big discussion either. Some of this stuff, you know, identity politics is going to, depending on who's arguing about which identity, you know. Well, and and some people would sit there and argue that, you know, just because you're complaining about it doesn't, and I'm not saying you, I'm, I'm, just, I'm saying I'm, so just because you're complaining about it doesn't mean you're right. Well, so that, that's true. And, but, but, and with, you know, as, and I have, I have acknowledged that the marketing of Captain Marvel led me to expect a lot more of the of the third wave intersectional feminist politics than what's actually in the film. I think well I think that's and, an example I think that's I think that's an example again of them and and I, I this is just an opinion okay guys I, I'm not I'm not basing this on any kind of insider knowledge. My 
the more I think about that, the more I think that that was, we've taken so much crap so long for not making a Black Widow movie. We've got our female superhero-led film. We're going to lean into this. And and then you then and yeah. then and then of course you know you okay. have you have Maybe. you have interpretations of how this actor that actor said the thing again don't want to get into it but the thing is is that you know it ended up being a pretty standard Marvel movie it did and and the Marvel Marvel has a formula it's worked for them so far why break the formula phase right four? which is why I'm saying that they could stumble here. Well, and I think I don't know that they will, but they could. I think that um, they I, you know there's there's certainly let's, let's, uh, let's throw the let's throw the lower third up if if we would. Sci-fi snobs as red shirt guy is right. <laughs> let's, let's let's throw our names up so people know who we are. Um Super JLK asks who owns She-Hulk rights, right? Uh Marvel owns them. Mm-hmm. Um and there is a story behind that. Uh, Universal Television made the TV show with Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno. Right. Way back in the day. And She-Hulk did not exist at this point. Fantastic soundtrack. It's it's a great song. And it was a great show. And Stan Lee tells the story about the popularity of the show Mm -hmm. and the success of the show. And now everything's great with this show. Well, we'd better make the female derivative character because the way, again, the way rights work, wherever the character first appears, the rights to that character are attached inside that package. Right, so yeah. the way Stan Lee tells it, at Marvel, they're, they're sitting there in the bullpen saying, well, we'd better come up with a female version of Hulk before Universal Television does because they'll and then own they'll it. And they it then, yeah. And they make all of the money and the merchandising and the profit and the whatnot. So that's where She-Hulk came from, was let's make the the female answer to Hulk. Not, right. the, not make Hulk a woman, but make a female version. Right. And, you know, the passing on, you know, the emergency, you know, the emergency transfusion and made her Bruce Banner's cousin and all this other stuff. It all it all worked mm-hmm. um, to varying but, degrees, depending on who was writing it and, and, and what was going on with the character. There have been some fantastic She-Hulk storylines mm-hmm. and some not so great ones. Yeah. Um, and they really haven't leaned into the the horror because the current Hulk run. In the comics is very he- heavily horror influenced. Now, is it? It's is it, so well done. Is it Banner Hulk or is it still Amadeus Cho Hulk? Oh no, it's Banner Hulk. Is it Banner? It, okay. But it's also. Um, is that? Are we talking Immortal Hulk or just Hulk? We're talking Immortal Hulk, okay. and we're talking we're talking the Hulk as a literal conscious monster, an intelligent conscious monster, mm. and it's real. It's really interesting. Um, and I guess you know, for, I, I like I like horror stuff. So I mean, I appreciate it. Other people may not, yeah. but um, it's getting a lot of buzz on the writing right now. It's so good, and the artwork is generally really creepy. Yeah. So that's that's the general mess that we find ourselves in, hmm. as far as all of the Marvel uh, Marvel cinematic stuff. Um, I have also heard. 
somewhere out there is floating a seven-picture deal that apparently Disney wanted to have with Sony for Spider-Man. Mm. Um, we would, that know, ever, would that include uh, Sinister Six no, and um, Black Cat and maybe, the spin-off titles? Maybe. I'm not sure. Because Sony, um, Sony apparently is still planning to go ahead and do a Sinister Six. They're starting to do a Venom 2. Um, they want to do... Um, of course, more Spider-Man films. Another, another Miles Morales animated picture. Yeah, that's coming. Um, um, JLK does ask a good question. What does Marvel do now that their Iron Man equivalent for the second wave of the MCU is gone? Um, I, I'm going to speculate that two things. Uh, they're going to take kind of a uh, a sit back and watch. Which character out of Phase Four takes off? I don't think we're gonna wait that long. I think I think they're gonna hack. I think they're gonna hash out a deal before then because the risk of Phase Four. <coughs> yeah, and 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 whatever the biggest risk of Phase Four is that all these original people that everyone fell in love with are gone. Contracts are up. Yeah, they might get renewed. They might have new contracts. But they're done. I mean, and and for now, and for now, they're done, and they're moving into. And again, you know, the Eternals well, could be I'm hearing, really cool. And, and Robert Downey Jr. I I read today Robert Downey Jr. is in the Black Widow movie. Oh sure, because Tony Stark was alive mm-hmm. during that time. But so I mean, they're all Phase Four could be absolutely amazing, and all these films they could do, you know, a really fantastic, you know. Uh, riff on everything they've got okay they could they could sit there and go hey we've got this incredible catalog there's a reason these titles have been successful you know for decades and decades right yeah but at the same time they're not gonna would you take the chance you just had spider-man everybody loved it it there's no question that spider-man added to civil war added to avengers added to there's no question about this. And Sony... I think is, Sony has uh, the upper hand at this point. Well, they're both... Because... They're I mean, probably. They're, they're both being obstinate corporate and, and you know, they're sure, looking right. after their best interests and I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Sci-Fi Snob asks, asks a good question. The time and planning to make these movies, does Marvel have the time to find that next Tony Stark Iron Man thing? Because Tom Holland, if he's done, he's done. And there's nothing you're going to have be well, able to but do to bring him back. Honestly, the to- Tony Stark wasn't Tony Stark until a bit, until Iron Man opened, right? Well, you and, know, I mean, and, you know what I mean. And, and that's why I'm saying is there could very well be out of this new set, there could very well be that one that just pops mm-hmm. and takes off, and and here we go, right? Um, and so, some of that could come from the TV stuff. Yeah. Maybe the TV stuff is the testing ground, you know, uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Maybe they bring back. Maybe Hawkeye. they bring back Daredevil and and. I'm some hearing of those Daredevil, Dare, Daredevil as a possibility now being revived on Hulu. Right. Uh, so, um, but I don't. I don't know. Like you say, we'll we'll have to see. I still think I agree with you. I still think a deal is possible. I think it's going to happen. I think these are all of this stuff that's been publicly bandied about back and forth all the last week. 
was all negotiation stuff. And to be perfectly honest, this was the PR spin for yeah, what was going on back in the behind the this scenes. This is this is going to be this makes this makes things a lot more. Boy, fans are going to be sure going to be relieved when we get this worked out. Well, there is that, but there's also I think Sony is also probably seeing an opportunity here to go after Disney and put mm-hmm. Disney in a little bit more negative light. In the wake of the news that you had this whistleblower from the accounting department basically saying, hey, Disney's been cooking their books to the tune of $6 billion. And that feeds back into the speculation last year of whether or not Disney was buying up all these movie theater tickets for opening weekend of Captain Marvel when everybody's posting all these pictures of empty theaters. And we know that was going on in China. Not that Disney was doing it. There were other companies that do that in China. Sure. We had this whole big expose that blew up out of that. And there was speculation. The question was raised. Could Disney be doing this? And now you've got this whistleblower that comes out there and says, yeah, I'm going to the DOJ. I'm going to the SEC. I'm going to whoever. And I'm taking all of this stuff with me because Disney has been basically committing fraud to the tune of billions of dollars. Now, whether there's anything to that or not, mm-hmm. who knows? Right. We don't know. This will come out if they do, if if FC, if if, uh, if, it's, if, it's if true. there's an investigation oh, yeah. and if all of this comes out, Disney's going to have a lot of, of problems to deal with. Uh, you know, a deal with, a deal with Sony might be the least of their low yeah. on their priorities. If this if this comes out, and and generally speaking, with that kind of stuff, the SEC and um, they tend to they tend to like getting the, the settlement from the company when the company goes, "You're right, we've done bad. Yeah. Here's a billion dollars." But SEC I think goes, the other you. thing too is you know you've already seen you know the original the original stories were Disney wants fifty percent. Right. And the next day, Boris Kitt comes out and says, Disney wants 30%. Right. I think somewhere along the line, they'll settle somewhere around 15 20%. And maybe Sony might get a, a cut of the merchandise attached to those movies. Right. Nothing and then of- if Tom Holland then shows up in Venom 2... Then all of those movies are now part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe by fiat. Sure, and they don't. You don't necessarily have to cross them over at any any point. Right, right. But there they are. Um, JLK says he's really excited for Moon Knight. I that that one really surprised me to see that one I, show up. I want to be excited about Moon Knight. <laughs> I really, really do. Yeah. Because I like the character a lot. If he's done right. If he's done right. That's the question. So here's 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 an issue that, that we could run into with something like Moon Knight. And this is good get serious for a second here. Uh, Mark Spector, the character the character who is Moon Knight, the, the man, is mentally ill. But he's comic book mentally ill. Now is I've I've seen in I've seen that that's one of three versions of this character. Yeah, in, in, in the the Mark Spector, the primary Moon Knight character, the one, and and admittedly, when this character was started came out, okay, comic books and TV and movies were not where you went to find accurate representations of psychological issues. Right. 
he's got multiple personalities and the character has multiple personalities. And this is not how multiple personalities work, by the way. But anyway, he's a fantastic character. He, when done well, he's really interesting and really cool. But in, in the modern world, when you're looking at a character who has the mental issues that he has in the comics, mm. he's going to have to be written really well. F shows like Legion show you that there's at least a model to do that. Right. Legion hasn't been perfect. But as someone who deals with depression, I, this, is, this is an issue with me. And, and I understand that it's not for a lot of people. Okay, I get that. But for somebody, you know, on the, on the inside looking out sometime, it's mm -hmm. like, okay, it's like Silver Linings Playbook. Silver Linings Playbook is a beautiful movie. It's very sweet. But I have news, folks. <laughs> You're not going to find the other person whose psychological issues are the echo of yours. You can fit together so nicely and live happily ever after. It's what, sweet and cute, but it's what, not reality. What, uh, what Rocky Balboa calls gaps. Yeah, okay. That was a great line. It's a great way. line. But... My, my issue is, is that if you write the character really well, Moon Knight could be awesome. I mean, it's, it could be, because it technically, technically is Marvel's Batman. Yeah. In, except with magic and Egyptian gods. And, and, cra and crazy. And crazy and, and, and international assassins. And I mean, it's just, it's got so many cool things you could play with, but it would be so easy to get it wrong. Yeah. So easy to get it wrong. I, I fingers crossed. I am intrigued at the decision to have Andy Circus direct Venom Two. It does yeah. not surprise me so much, given that there's. Uh, I I have I have not seen Venom, but um, eh. given that all three of the top contenders are motion capture directors, mm -hmm. it would make sense that Circus would be the one out of those three because he's done it more often than anybody sure. else. And he's brilliant at it. He understands both sides of that. I so. think that he has a potential to bring something interesting to the film. Quite frankly, the first Venom is really dumb. And I say that with a certain amount of... It could have been so much more interesting, mm. but it's kind of fun too. Yeah, it's a, it's a popcorn. Flip. There's a reason it made money. Yeah, it's fun, but it's, but it's made really it made dumb. a surprising amount of money from it all the did. reports. It was like, oh, hey, this is a successful film. Well, you know, it's got Mad Max in it. Well, and that's I think part of the reason why Sony is in there saying, oh, maybe we don't need Marvel. Yeah, but the difference is, I think it's a mistake. I think uh, the the creative synergy between the two is much more bankable in terms of dollars yeah. than if they split and they go their, their separate ways. Because what you could do, not, not just the fact that you're separating the universes now, hmm. but you are also inviting fan backlash. And we saw what that did to Solo. Yeah, but not only that, leaving aside the fan backlash, okay, let's look at the quality of the product. Just because a bunch of people went and saw Tom Hardy Chew the scenery like a crazy person. And, and, and I say that in just having a little crazy rant there about, you know, of entertaining crazy mm. person. Um, and for, you know, again, not a smart movie. Right. Um, okay. If you do it again, just like it, it's more of the same. Well, and yeah, you have to up the stakes. Get up the stakes. Yeah. And well, you have to, and, and you can't, uh, 
Well, second second time carnage. around, you're going to be expecting. Yeah, but you're going to be expecting more than just another dumb popcorn flick. Yeah, but they're expecting carnage. Yeah, but how far do you want to lean into that? They're doing Mephisto. I mean, how how far is that? I mean, I don't know. It's just I think I it's I think it's those. interesting. So I'm I'm I think it would be a mistake. I to... did read the the speculation that Sinister Six and uh, uh, Black Cat Silver Sable team up movie would be back on the table if Sony and Disney cut ties completely. That Sony yeah, goes probably. back to their original plan and they, they move forward. The problem, with, the problem with Sinister Six is the problem of the Justice League. Okay? You gotta take your time to build yourself into yes. the Sinister Six. Yes, you do. You gotta do I mean, because you if you don't if you don't give a good Doctor Octopus movie and a good Green Goblin movie and a good um, whether pick pick whichever version of Sinister well, Six you're playing and, with, and who who would play the Vulture then? Do yeah. you bring Michael Keaton back and maintain that continuity? Because people have seen Michael Keaton as the Vulture, they've mm-hmm. seen Jake Gyllenhaal as as Mysterio. Do they come back to the Sony universe to play? Right? Because they're yeah. they are Sony movies, mm-hmm. but they're Sony movies set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. So Yeah. It, it's this is where things get this is where things get bad because could wouldn't you want to bring back Michael Keaton? I mean oh, really? Yeah. Wouldn't you want to do yeah, that? Absolutely. Exactly. Of course you would. Absolutely. So. Well, and I think yeah, you know, like I said, I think I think Sony and Dizzy are better off with each other than without. They're going to work it out in in this particular case. They're going to work it out. This is a this is a very public tiff. It's it's a couple fighting in public. It makes me wonder though about the timing, mm-hmm. because look at what we're not talking about. We're talking about Sony and Disney fighting over Spider Man. We are not talking about Disney cooking the books. If Disney's cooking the books. If Disney's cooking the books. The uh, the allegations. Yeah. I mean, it's out there. Yeah. Some people have talked about it. But that's not what everybody's talking about. Everybody's talking about Disney, Sony, Spider-Man. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, though. the the, the for the For the broader movie audience, Disney cooking the books doesn't matter. For the broader movie audience, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, fans, I would agree with you. They're not going to care that Disney is cooking the books I as long as they're getting their, Disney, their their Marvel Universe movies. Except, I would agree with you. Except Disney, and you have it's like I said going back before. The Disney name invokes a certain oh, amount sure. of expectation. No, no question, and if it were to be shown that Disney had done, committed what fraud they committed, then now you're looking at the destruction of the reputation of But didn't Disney, Disney. Ha- didn't Disney have a f- things like 10, 15 years ago where they were like all sorts of financial shadiness things happening? I mean, there was like every, like every decade or so, Disney kind of runs into this like... I don't remember. We did a we did a thing which is eh, maybe yeah, but, maybe morally but, questionable. But now we have the internet. Yeah, this is true. And but, the internet, but again, I just, compounds the problem. But again, I just you know, for the folks who are buying the tickets to the Marvel movies, it's 
they don't they don't care where their dealer is buying the stuff. All they care is that they go to the dealer and they give them their ten bucks and they walk away with their fix. It's sad that that is such an applicable it's, well, it's, analogy. It's it's, it's 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 entertainment and it's successful entertainment in a way we don't see. Yeah, I mean we don't you know the Star Trek movies had mm-hmm. on and off ones. The Star Wars movies have had on and off ones. You know, and that's even with the original series. You could sit there and argue that you know the original yeah, trilogy. Yeah, because the <coughs> well, the sequel, the the prequel trilogy. Yeah, you know, there was a ton of 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 ill feeling toward those. Sure, and... but Marvel has had this run, and and there's some really good films in there. And there's films that I love watching, and I love watching again and again and again. But they've built up this thing where you know what you're getting from a Marvel movie Mm -hmm. and you go in and you get your fix. You get your Marvel fix. You get your, you get your superheroes being, you know, funny and, and doing the thing and the great music and, and they win at the end and the villain sneaks away to come back and fight another time. It's, and and the irony is that this is Disney owned Marvel. That's doing this. Mm -hmm. Whereas you've got Disney owned star Wars that didn't follow the formula. But the thing is, Ryan is Johnson sat there and said, "I'm gonna do something different," and everybody saw different and not Star Wars. As, you know, aside from the fact that there's no plot. Oh, we're running out of gas. Yeah. Hope they don't catch us. But also, also bear in mind that you know this is oh, also these are also the there's same. There's a casino over there. There's doing this, this little story the, over here that has is, nothing to do with anything else that we're doing. This is the same franchise that gave us, you know, philosophizing about sand. <laughs> this is the same I franchise. I know. This is, and the and, and and come at me, original trilogy fan. This is the same franchise that gave us Ewoks. Only because we couldn't do they, they we, couldn't do we, Wookiees. They could do Wookiees. But still, I, I love I love that movie, but the Ewoks are awful. They're awful. They're awful. JLK, we're gonna answer that question. You, you're, uh, it's it's slightly off topic what we thought about the new Star Wars footage. Um, but we're gonna talk Wednesday night. Wednesday night live we're going to do a live edition ish of of salacious crumbs where we talk about all of the star wars news that comes out of d23 including that god-awful poster i haven't actually seen the poster i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say anything more i don't want to spoil it except for the fact that he just said (laughs) god awful poster i well and i said last night i was not impressed with the poster Eh. i but there's a reason why and it is, if it's true, it is probably one of the dumbest marketing moves that Disney could have made. If it's true. I've reached out to Lucasfilm to ask if it's true. I don't expect an answer back. But if it's true, it is Tune in Wednesday. Tune in Wednesday. Wednesday, eight o'clock, live here on Sci-Fi for Beat TV. Do you remember? Okay, so you it's it's on par, it's on par with the news that the solo marketing posters stole the design from that jazz artist. You remember? 
You remember the, oh, there was yeah. the, the the jazz festival? I think we're in France or something. Yeah, yeah. And this artist came up with all of this stuff, and Solo just ripped it completely off and said, "Hey, we'll we'll wear this clothes." You know. Hey guys, who who do that? Um, you guys realize that the internet is a thing, right? We, Don't we do find that. there's reverse image search. Yeah, but Google Images, you and, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And that somebody somebody saw it and they went, "Hey, yeah. that's my artwork." Ticket, 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 ticket. Look here, and the stuff that I'm seeing in the on the internet about the poster that we got on D23 is going to be that level of stupid. If it's true. If it's true. If it's true. I'm allowing for the possibility that it's not. But the evidence is pretty compelling that it is. Mm. And that's all I'll say about that tonight. Tune in Wednesday. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's, you know, it's it's one of those things where you sit there and you go, Disney has so much to lose In, for them to be taking those kind of risks, if they are, mm. you know, they have gotten so big and so monolithic and so everywhere, yeah. you know, and you, you know, Disney's yeah. going to buy Google. I mean, it's, it's, it's that level of we're all, Disney's all, all of everything. We have and, always been working towards Skynet. Oh, and I think one so. Day, I think so. And we just didn't know that Skynet had mouse ears. Hi, kids. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's the happiest place on earth. Yes, we're very happy. We're very happy. We are happy. I, for one, am overjoyed to serve my (laughs) mouse-eared robotic overlords. Uh, The vent... GJR, the picture of Luke and R2 that was fixed? I don't, I don't, uh, there was a Vanity Fair picture that was fixed. I don't know what you mean by fixed. Um, Let's expound on that. Expand, expand on that comment, if you would. I don't know what he means by fixed. I don't either. Uh, JLK says he's picturing an animatronic revolt at Disney World. Um, but nobody will be there to see it. But we have uh, 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 what's what's oh, I've just started blank. The the TV show with the animated animatronic monsters or banana splits. Banana splits. We, we have that movie already. It's a banana splits. Yes. yes. That one? Uh, reviews uh, reviews of the banana splits though. For those I of don't you, know what what is that? Is it the one with? Well, is this it, uh, Luke and R two? But I'm not going to drop your. Oh, look! I dropped your phone. I was going to say this is about to be really fixed. Not funny. I'm not sure what fix. Oh, let's see. A different size R two D two in the picture. I don't know if that's the one he was talking about, but when I googled Vanity Fair, Luke Skywalker. Oh, it says here, GJ says, Lucasfilm took a previous picture of Luke and photoshopped him and R2 together, and in the new pic, R2 is a lot smaller. Okay. Yeah, I could I could see that happening. Yeah, that's that certainly happens. It could be that one. I don't know. 
that's not exactly how we do it. Because nobody can see that. It's sure. Not, it's, well, it's okay. It's not enough. in focus. That one? Is that it? Is that the one? Okay. Uh, there's not that much of a delay in the stream, so we may not have to wait that long. Well, here's an article that says from, um, it's from Cosmic Book. Uh, news, Disney Photoshop, Luke Skywalker. Oh, okay. Frozen. See, Cosmic Book News. Well, that's this one, but it says it, there's several other articles. Okay, Gigi says that was the pick. Is it Disney says it was a fresh new picture for Episode Nine, Thank and you for understanding it could it could very well be a fresh new picture that they've that they shot of Mark Hamill. As a publicity still of Luke Skywalker, and somebody said afterwards, they said needs more R two D two. Maybe we need to put R two in there. Yeah, yeah, that's entirely possible, and I can, and I can see that happening because you know those two have been tied oh, together, yeah. mm -hmm. especially in this trilogy. So maybe. Yeah, that's. I don't know. Um, you mentioned GJ. You mentioned Dead Eraser. He's he's actually done some pretty good investigatory work on on some of this stuff. You should you should check it out. I don't know I don't know what his track record is for accuracy, but he's uncovering some really interesting uh, some really interesting factoids about some different things. Data racer like is like Go Speed Racer. Ah. D a t a r a c e r over on Twitter. Um, I don't know what his I don't know what his accuracy rating is right now. How accurate it is? Speaking of which, yes, there is. What was that site that we ran across? NewsGuard. Tim mm -hmm. Pool was talking about this the other day, uh, and Tim Pool didn't like the last shot at either. And he's not he's not all right. Um, Tim Poole was talking about a website called NewsGuard that basically does fact-checking and accuracy evaluations for all the websites. Okay. And so we've submitted our site. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I just want to see what would turn out because, you know, it's one of the things that we have talked about. Mm -hmm. And it keeps coming back. Uh, we, we've gotten more responses on our audience survey this this week um, since we got over on the MeWe social platform. And um, it's still the primary thing that everybody keeps going to is there should be a clear delineation between news and opinion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's one of the things that we've really tried to sure. make sure right. that we keep separate here. When we're reporting news, here's the news. And when we're doing opinion shows like this, that it's clearly right. designated this is an opinion. Um, Mindy and I actually had a conversation about this the other day because her um, her review of the Dark Crystal trailer mm -hmm. – <clears throat> Originally, it was marked with the news banner, and I flipped it and put the uh, opinion banner on there because it's one thing to sit there and say, hey, there's a new trailer. Here it is. Mm -hmm. And then here's what I think about it. It's too clean. It's too CG. And that's opinion. And, you know, it 
we have to we have to make that separation sure. and make that very clearly one is not the other and that's not to say that many made a mistake the banner is in there just as a placeholder to figure out where we're going to categorize it. I don't, I'm not throwing Hunter under the bus. Yeah. I'm not throwing you under the bus. It was a good article. It was a good piece. I wish more people would read it. I wish more people would read all of our stuff. That's true. That's, that's the thing. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, wishing that we had more of stuff superhero stuff.com mm -hmm. we did not mention them at the top of the hour um and i finally heard back from them today I saw that. after sending them our emails and reports and quarters and stuff um you can get a discount at superhero stuff.com if you are so inclined and it's all sorts of merchandise from franchise we, we oh, talked yeah. about merchandise from spider-man mm -hmm. um great selection of stuff 10 percent off when you use sci-fi for me 10 in the promo code slot all right you go back to us and i finally heard back from ben and roy mm -hmm. they're the guys what run things over there and um out of all of the times that we have mentioned them since January, we've made two sales. <laughs> two. Two. And I know both of the people who did it. <laughs> two. And it makes a challenge for the bookkeeping end of things because sure. they have a threshold just like google we finally crossed the threshold in ad revenue that they cut us check right but you have to reach a certain sure, spot right, yeah. before they send that out and superhero stuff we haven't gotten anywhere close yeah. so we encourage you greatly to check out our sponsor yeah i mean they do have a lot of really cool things mm -hmm. um and it's all of the genres mm -hmm. things yeah. you know godzilla and walking dead and star wars and star trek and and battlestar galactica and, and dc and marvel and all this mm -hmm. so so get a discount know. by I mean, using sci-fi for me 10 and save some money and spider-man cool mug came from yeah. there so you know it's it, they, they do have a lot of a lot of cool things over there uh I got some great Doctor Who stuff from them. But it has not been as productive as I would have liked. Yeah. Is what it is. Um, but anyway, okay. So the other thing that we have not got a lot of is time. Right. We've we've gone now an hour and a half. Which we have been leaning uh, towards a little bit lately. Yeah, well, and that's not that's not a bad thing. No, it's not to, a bad thing. To, it's to not stop. a bad thing. So my pineapple usually lasts about that long. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, a, it's a good it's a good place to stop. Once upon a time, we were like, we're going to go to an hour. It's all we're going to go. Uh, there was a point where we were doing 35 minutes. I know. Tried to. I had it on timer. That worked out well. 35 minutes. It worked out for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but we digressed. What are we going to do for episode 200? That's only seven weeks away. 
seven episodes away. I, I'm, I'm assuming we do one every week. That's a good question. I don't what know. do we do for our 200th episode? If it's like every week, you'll call him while he's on the road here and decide then. Well, no. I mean, I mean we've we, got a number of we've topics. We've decided at least a couple hours before tonight. We... <laughs> And, yeah, and we have to make sure there's enough time for the computer to crunch. Exactly. Well, and we've had we've had plenty of time, you know. And and as clever as that opening sequence is, <laughs> I really did a number on myself coming up with that because including the episode title every week <laughs> really sometimes comes around to bite me oh i'm sure but now the other thing you know we could do an ask me anything like we did for 100 Mm -hmm. um you know rank the top 200 doctor who episodes (laughs) (laughs) well that's a conversation for tardis that is a conversation for tardis new episode which we've got new episode new episode this week um new episode next week as well next week is a 45 minute episode because we ran long okay which we were not planning to do 45 minutes and we looked over and went it happened it's 45 minutes a we have to stop b we could do this for another hour and a half so we have to stop yeah um and that wasn't even the topic we'd we'd really planned on diving into we just couldn't get everybody together that happens too yeah but it was Um, it was it's a um we've got two episodes uh because scheduling you and i don't necessarily have a problem scheduling monday nights on a consistent every now and again something will happen yeah um but over on the walking dead uh over on the zompocalypse now dustin and i sometimes have scheduling issues because dustin's got kids to worry about and things like that and and um the guy the gentleman over on traveling the vortex who joined me for tardis sauce um now you've got four people involved yeah uh it gets complicated sometimes so i'm very very happy that we have like two two episodes in the can not uh, as happy as i am i'm sure because i have to i have to make sure that they're there um all right so that'll do it for us tonight wednesday night seven o'clock new episode what Wednesday yeah, night, 7 o'clock, a new episode of Tardis Sauce. That is our Doctor Who conversation. And Wednesday night at 8, a special live edition of Salacious Crumbs roundtable forum discussion of all things D23 Star Wars. Right. With McKenna. She's on her way back. Episode 200, you in the Leah costume. No. (laughs) I'll shut that down right there. Now, uh, oh, um, I did, that that does prompt me. I wouldn't wear it either. I don't know the legs for it. If we get to, when, I'm not going to say, yeah, if when we get to 1,500 subscribers on YouTube... We have uh, an agreement to do an Ask Me Anything with Tom Kane. Right. So share the links. Um, GJ, uh, the the discussion on Star Wars is going to be me and Mindy and Mac, and who knows who else might show up. I don't know. We may throw that open for, for anybody, but um, but it'll be... It'll be under the Salacious Crumbs banner. It'll count as our, our 77th episode. 
which means I've got to design graphics now. So <laughs> add that to the list. All right, we got to get, get doing stuff. So say good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. All right, we will see you all again next week. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Good night. Good night. Copyright 2019 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.